Welcome to the Hunt the West podcast, where it's all about getting outside, experiencing the outdoors, and having epic adventures. At Hunt the West, my only goal is for you to get out and hunt. I'm your host, Skylar Harrison, and today we're talking about something that is a little bit difficult to talk about. And if you listened to the last episode, you already know what we're going to talk about because that episode was with Ben Dedamonte of Shed Crazy, and he shared a little experience that he had where he wounded an animal and then had trouble finding it. Now, that's not exactly what happened to me, but I'm going to share a similar experience with the hopes that it will provide some valuable lessons for you to learn so you don't make the same mistakes that I did. This actually happened to me a few years ago, and I want to give you the backstory. So a couple years prior to this incident, so even longer ago, I had gotten this bonus at work for this cost savings idea that I came up with, and the company gives you a percentage of the savings. Anyway, I saved half of it, and then the rest I bought my very first rifle. This rifle was my pride and joy. It was the first big ticket item that I had purchased, you know, as an adult, and I was super proud of it. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I love my rifle. It's a Browning X-Bolt chambered in 270 Winchester short mag. And I love this rifle because I'm confident with it. I had shot deer with it the year before this incident, and I had shot a couple of coyotes with it. And it felt like it felt like every time I pulled the trigger that something died <laughs> or I hit exactly where I was aiming. So I went on this hunt super confidently, even though I was on a really short timeline. I think I was on day two of a three-day hunt, and I was pretty excited when I had this opportunity on a mule deer at a little, a little over 300 yards. It was in the middle of the day, and I was on day two of three, and I was hoping that I could get this thing done and get home a day early and surprise my wife. Great plan, right? <laughs> it always is a good thing when you can get home early. I know my wife really likes it. The problem was that when I saw this deer, um, I had all this in the front of mind, all, these, all those things that I just mentioned. I was thinking, bingo, this is it. I'm going to be home for dinner tonight. And when I'm thinking this, I hadn't even pulled the rifle off of my shoulder, off the sling. So let me give you the lowdown of what was my what my rifle was set at. So I had this rifle zeroed at 200 yards because I knew I could just aim a little low at 100 and a little bit high at 300 and I don't need a rangefinder. So I had already had that set up and I actually had a rangefinder at this point. So that wasn't the main motivation behind why I set my rifle up the way I did, but that's where I had it zeroed. I had it zeroed at 200. 270 Winchester short mag is a really flat shooting round. So it's the same bullet as a 270 Winchester, but it's got a bigger case and a lot more powder and it's a lot faster round. So it shoots pretty flat. So this round is something that I still really recommend. As far as my scope, I had a BDC reticle, which is a ballistic drop compensator reticle. And what that means is in your crosshairs, there where it intersects in the middle and then the bottom half of the vertical line there, it has hash marks, which are your progressive distances. The center being 100, the mark below that 200, 300, 400, 500, 600. So I'd zeroed it at 200 and then I thought the next line below that would be 300, 400. And if you know anything about rifle ballistics, you already know the mistake that I made and you probably can guess what happened. 
But for those of you who are like me at the time and were thinking, perfect, sounds great, I centered it at two, or I zeroed it at 200. The next mark below is going to be 300. If you were thinking that, I'll just continue the story. So there's this deer at a little over 300 yards. Um, I think it was like 312 or something. And I'm already thinking it's in the back of my car, even though the rifle is still slung on my shoulder. So I see this deer, I sit down, I put my rifle on my backpack, and I didn't have time to get my tripod out. It, I had a little Y yoke thing where you can rest your rifle on that and put it on a tripod on the tripod, which is a super stable rest. And I didn't have that. I just I didn't have time to pull it out. And then I was standing on a flat-ish kind of downhill slope a little bit, and I was below the deer in elevation. So laying down, I would be I wouldn't be able to get low enough to get the muzzle high enough to get on target. So I sat down with my backpack in front of me vertically, and then I rested my rifle on the top of the backpack. So I, I didn't have an ideal rest. Ideally, I would have been prone, but because of the terrain and the way it was set up and I didn't have a tripod, I wasn't able to get prone. Anyway, so I take the shot, and immediately that I see that I hit it, awesome. And so I'm thinking, this is perfect. It takes a couple bounces, and then it was falling forward. It ran downhill a little bit bounced a couple times and then disappeared behind some bushes and then didn't come out on the other side of the bushes. And so I thought the deer was down. So I went over there. I went straight to the bushes where I saw it enter and I didn't see anything. So I, I went up to the spot where I had shot and, or where I saw that the bullet had hit and I saw blood in the snow and I could see where the bullet hit the dirt and the snow because there was a big yeah, I mean, you could just see the bullet like blow up in the snow, not the actual bullet, but you could see where the bullet had gone in. So I followed this blood trail, which was really easy to follow in the snow. And I thought it would take me straight to the dead deer in the bushes, which I had just walked through and I couldn't see him, but you know, deer blend in and they crawl under stuff and I just thought I couldn't find it. I'll just follow the blood trail and it'll lead me right to it. I was so confident that the deer was dead that I even pulled out my phone and took a video following the the blood trail. So I get to the bushes where I saw it enter and I realized that I walked right past the deer and cause I could see my footprints, but I just walked, you know, a few feet away from the blood trail. And then I see that the, the deer jumped up and tried to run off. So I stopped the video and her, when I realized that the deer wasn't dead and like my mind was blown, I could not understand what happened but I needed to finish it off like it was still alive. And this next part, I'm going to describe what happened and what the wounded deer looked like. So if you are if you have some kids or whatever, you don't want them to hear that, you can just skip ahead like 30 seconds or so. Um, I try and keep this family friendly. So go ahead and skip ahead like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this next part. So I was hopping. It, the deer was hopping weird because I had hit it low and it went straight through both of its front legs at the elbow, just under its belly. I think it might've even grazed the belly a little bit, but it blew through both elbows. So it was kind of horrifying. Like I ended up taking a second shot at about 30 yards through the neck to finish it off. And it, it just wasn't pretty. I didn't want to waste any more meat. So I shot it through the neck. So let's talk about like what happened. Like why didn't I make a perfect shot the first time? It all comes down to understanding the ballistics of your rifle and practice. 
So I had never practiced beyond 300 yards before that shot on that deer, which was the first mistake. I'd never actually shot that distance. I just assumed that the reticle in my scope was accurate to my round and my zero, and it's not. <laughs> um, it took wounding a deer and feeling horrible about it because it was suffering for that you know, 15 or 20 minutes However long it took me to get over there and track the deer, it was suffering. Um, and that's just not something you want as a hunter. You don't want the deer to suffer unnecessarily. So having experienced that, I went and I researched and I f- tried to figure out what happened. Because I was seriously just, my mind was blown. Like everything, every time I'd ever pulled that trigger, it hit exactly where I had aimed until this day. I'm like, I'm like six inches low or something. So looking into it afterwards, I realized that they made those reticle marks in the reticle that I'd used with the with the scope that I bought, that those reticle marks were m- to match most basic hunting rounds or to be like within a pretty reasonable margin of error between most hunting rounds. And it was designed for a hundred yard zero. And I since I zeroed it at 200, well, so the other thing I realized was that your bullet drops faster the farther the distance it goes so i know you gun guys out there are laughing at me and my novice status i know but this is why i'm making this podcast because i really want to help somebody out there to not make the same mistake that i did and allow this deer to suffer because of my incompetence so think about like this if you're standing on the edge of a cliff that is infinitely high and you have a slingshot and you shoot the ball straight out away from you Um, when it first leaves the slingshot, it's going to be going straight, um, like almost perfectly horizontally. But as it slows down, it's going to drop and gravity is going to take over and point that trajectory downward. And eventually it's going to be going straight down vertically. So bullets do the same thing. The rate that it falls gets faster and faster as the bullet goes slower and slower. So I looked at the ballistics afterwards And if you have a 200 yard zero at 300 yards, that bullet's going to be almost four inches low at 400 yards. It's going to be 14 inches low. And at 500 yards, it's going to be 29 inches low. So that distance is getting bigger and bigger between each hundred yards. So I think the distance that I had was about 315 or 320. So I was shooting over four inches low, which is exactly where I hit. It was right under his belly and went right through both elbows and did not hit the vitals. I mean, that deer would have died eventually, but it would have been a long, slow, painful death had I not taken that second shot. So what do you need to take from this lesson, the, the take-home? you need, First, the big thing is you need to shoot your rifle at known distances, and you need to not take any shots where you don't know exactly where your bullet is going to hit. You need to know where your bullet is going to hit at every distance. So after this experience, I went out and I shot my rifle at progressively longer distances out to 600 yards. And I zeroed my rifle at 100 and then I printed out a picture of my reticle and I plotted those points for my load, like my bullet, the bullet that I'm actually going to be using while hunting. And I plotted those points and put those known distances on the reticle marks. And those reticle marks didn't match up to my rifle because it's a magnum cartridge. It's faster than most cartridges. But now I know that and I can take more ethical shots. 
So like I'd said, I said, I think I've said this before, but there's nothing more satisfying than when you have an animal in your scope and your fingers on the trigger and you have confidence that is going to go down when that trigger goes click. And I had that confidence when I sh- took this shot at that deer, the deer that I wounded. But after that bad result, I had to do a lot more to get that confidence back and take time and an extra box of ammo to dial in my scope. And that's how you can become confident in it again, is just by practice. So I made a huge rookie mistake. I took a shot with my rifle at a distance that I'd never tried before. I didn't know my load. I didn't know my reticle. I didn't know how much it was going to drop. And because of that, an animal suffered. And that's just an incompetent hunter. And I I hope that I can kind of magnify this and and prevent somebody from doing the same thing. So if you're going on a hunt and you want to, if you took, maybe you took a shot at, at 150 yards and that was the longest shot you've ever taken. If you've never taken a 200 yard shot, you should do that before you do it at an animal. Practice a lot, <laughs> you know, spend that extra money on an extra box of ammo. And I kind of, I recommend using the exact same ammo that you're going to be using. I used to buy the cheap ammo uh, with the same size bullet, just a different brand or a different, you know, just not as high quality ammo for my practice. And then I would take the, the fancy stuff and take that hunting. And I just, I mean, most of them are going to be pretty close, but I would just recommend using the exact ammo that you're going to use. I mean, what is it like $5, $10 more a box to use the premium ammo, which you want to use for hunting. Um, Just take that extra couple bucks and, and spend it and buy one extra box and practice with it. So you don't let an animal suffer. So I, I know I really appreciate um, if you didn't listen to the last episode, go listen to episode 14 with Ben Dedamonte. Listen to his story. Um, I really admire that he is just so open and honest about everything. And I think if you have the intent to educate other people so that they don't make the same mistakes that you did, um, that's my intent here. I think that's the best way to come at it because we all make mistakes. Like nobody's perfect. We're all learning about this. I mean, I still feel like a complete novice when it comes to hunting. There's people that have been doing it a lot longer than me and have had way more success than me. So I hope that this will help you if you learn something. I hope I hope you learn something from this and that you can take this lesson and apply it and go practice with your rifle. Plus it's fun. Just go practice. And then you'll feel really confident when you have an animal in your sights and then you'll be able to take a super ethical shot at any distance that you've practiced before. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to the video that I was talking about where I was tracking the deer. Um, I realized that in Spotify, the links don't work. So if you want to see the show notes, go to huntthewest.us slash 15, just the number one five, huntthewest.us slash 15. And you can see the show notes there and I'll post the video on there as well. And if you're in iTunes or I guess it's called Apple podcast now, they changed it. But if you're an Apple podcast or if you're in an app that the links work, then you can just click on the link and it'll take you to the show notes and I'll leave uh, that video on the website there. 
And if you want to, you can go over to the website. There's We've got t-shirts for men and women. You can go grab a t-shirt, rep the logo. And I hope that logo represents a group of hunters that are all for ethical hunting practices, for conservation, and for just awesome adventures in the outdoors and accomplishing your hunting goals. So grab yourself a t-shirt over there. And don't forget to leave a rating and review that helps other people find the show. Um, You know, we're just starting out still. We're only 15 episodes in, but I'm dedicated to bring you an an episode every single week this year. So leave a rating, leave a review. It helps other people find us. But for now, get out there, grab your rifle, grab an extra box of ammo, go practice with it so you can get out there and hunt the West.